TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Hey, welcome back. Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. The final segment before we uh, get out of here and bring it to meet the press for a national look on politics. Uh, if you missed any of the show, we did have Erie County legislator Gene Vinyl on to kick off things at 10. And we had minority leader Rob Ort in the last segment. Those are available on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. And we now we bring in former state senator George Maziars. George, good morning. Hey, good morning, Joe. Am I, I'm batting cleanup today or what? That's right. You're, 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 uh, you're the Pete Alonzo. You got to get us that uh, that grand slam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, George, you know, obviously the, the talk of Erie County and really the talk of New York State, and it took up a lot of the time on the floor Thursday when talking about this budget is the new Bill Stadium plan. As someone who used to serve in the, in the Senate and, and someone who obviously knows the Buffalo Bills, uh, what did you think of the deal, and are you surprised the reaction of those not from Western New York? Not surprised at all. I think that uh, you know people who, who are, are not from this area, you know, they don't have the same affinity for the Buffalo Bills that uh, uh, you know the people who live in Western New York do. Uh, you know, many of my former colleagues, uh, people like Senator Liz Kruger, uh, has been railed against uh, 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 giving state dollars to uh, sports stadiums for years. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, actually, that in the end she allowed it to happen. Um, but you know, the governor wanted it, uh, and one thing that I've I've learned over the years in the or the years that I was in the state senate is if the governor wants something, they usually get it. Did did you think the state came out ahead with the Bill Stadium taking over the ownership from Erie County? Do you think the state? Do you think the state got it, the best deal it could? Absolutely not. I think it's going to be a disaster. To be honest with you, Joe. Uh, you know, I remember. Again, when I was in office, I used to fight uh, the state bureaucracy to try to get the grass cut on the Robert Moses Parkway, now the Niagara Scenic Parkway. You know, and now they're going to be running an NFL stadium. I, I'll tell you, I think uh, I think there's going to be problems ahead uh, for the Buffalo Bills and the state of New York when it comes to the operation and maintenance of the stadium. You know, uh, Bill Stadium, obviously the one that's being talked about now, George, but we see these deals when it comes to downstate uh, New York, and I don't remember the reaction uh, like this out of Albany when when the state gave money for Yankee Stadium, City Field, Barclays Center, the new Islanders Arena. You never heard the back and forth like you're hearing now about the Bill Stadium. Yeah, but I don't think it was, first of all, I don't think it was the, uh, the to this dollar amount. 
Um, you know, but you're right. You know, I mean, look, all politics is local, and you know, people from outside of outside of Buffalo, as I said, don't have that same affinity for the for the team that we do up here. What did you think of the state uh, getting the money from the uh, Seneca Casino deal? Um, you know, two days after this was announced. <laughs> I I think I think Governor Hochul is, is she's a very skilled individual, but she's also extremely lucky. You know, that money was owed to the state of New York, regardless of whether it was going to be a stadium deal or not a stadium deal. You know, I think the Senecas are extremely uh, in fact, I know they are extremely upset the fact that they're being viewed as you know the uh, the uh, uh, paying for the, the the new stadium, and and Joe, one thing I, again, I I have not heard your previous uh, uh, interviews today, but uh, one of the things that I first thought about was this is going to be extremely difficult going forward for the governor because in 2023, the compact with the Senecas expires and it has to be renegotiated, and I have to tell you, uh, the way that I know the Senecas. They're gonna they're gonna come into that negotiating with an extremely extremely uh, uh, I don't know, negative viewpoint as to settling with the state as to giving the state even more money. Uh, I think it's gonna cause a, a, a real hardship between the relationship between the state and and the Seneca Nation. Uh, talking about that relationship, so that's got that has to be um, re uh, reassessed, renegotiated. What goes into those negotiations? You know, I've heard people say, well, it's a lot different than when they agreed to this money, um, gambling in New York State. What kind of things are going to be brought to the table when renegotiating that number? I'll, I'll tell you, it's a whole lot different than what it was back in 2001, 2002. Uh, for, for one thing, the Senecas feel extremely slighted that um, gambling is allowed uh, in, in, at Finger Lakes, uh, at, at Batavia Downs, and at Hamburg. They think that's within their, their realm of exclusivity. Um, they are, they've never been happy with that to begin with. Um, you know, so that's going to be a, a real sticking point. I think the fact that the Senecas feel like, you know, that they were taken advantage of to, you know, as the excuse to fund the stadium I think that's going to be a real disadvantage. But I'll tell you, all these things are going to all these things are going to come into play. Um, and and the Senecas are holding all the cards the way I see it, Joe. Because you, you think about it, what's the state going to do? The state's going to say, well, okay, we're going to take away your gaming license and your casinos are going to close, and three thousand people are going to get put out of work. You know, that's not going to happen. The Senecas are going to say, you know, look, we're going to continue to operate. Three thousand people are going to continue to go to work every day get paid a decent salary, get paid health insurance benefits, get a retirement plan. Uh, you know, I, I think the Senecas, uh, no pun intended, but I think the Senecas are holding all the cards. You know, the way the state got the money um, bothered a lot of people by freezing the accounts of those that banked through the Seneca Nation. Uh, what did you think of that tactic taken by the state? You know, I, 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 I think it was the nuclear option. Um, I I. I'm surprised that Governor Hochul took it, to be honest with you. Uh, I wouldn't have been so surprised if Governor Cuomo had taken it. I, I know that's not something – I don't think that's something that uh, Governor Patterson – all these governors I served with, Governor Patterson, Governor Spitzer, or, or uh, Governor – I know Governor Pataki would not have done that. That was, that was the nuclear option. I, and, again, you're not thinking ahead. You're not thinking the long run. You're not thinking, you know, look, next year, 2023, we have to sit down at a negotiating table and negotiate with these people, and they're coming in after you just slap them in the face and saying, oh, let's sit down and make a deal, and they're holding all the cards.
Yeah, I, I just I thought that was that was so uh, so interesting. Now we look throughout this budget as well. You know, you heard the back and forth, and we talked with uh, State Senator Rob Ward about this last uh, last segment. But as someone who was on the inside, now is looking at this from the outside. What do you think of the the talk to reform bail reform? You know, a lot of back and forth, and really at the end, very little to show for it. Very little to show for it. You know what these things are? These things are window dressing. You know, they, they tweaked some of the rules. You know, uh, I mean, I haven't heard any district attorneys coming out and saying, oh, this is a great, this is this solved all of our problems because it hasn't. Uh, I, you know, this is just window dressing to get by uh, the next election. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to do anything to curb the out-of-control crime that we have. Um, I, I think the, the Republicans, particularly Republicans in the Senate, are, are absolutely right. And, and, and hopefully, you know, this is... I think the governor's election, the gubernatorial election, you know, uh, between the Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate this year, whoever wins the primaries, is going to turn on this issue of bail reform. I mean, we saw it uh, last year, the election on Long Island. Many of the many of the incumbent uh, uh, people who supported the bail reform got beat. And uh, I think you're going to see the same thing. Crime is out of control in the state of New York everywhere. We see it every day, you know, in the headlines. And uh uh, I think this is going to be the the issue in the gubernatorial election. Oh, yeah. like I was saying to uh, to Senator Ort, you know, you listen to any radio show based in New York City, you pick up the Post any morning. Um, I mean, you you can kind of tell what's going to be on the front page. Um, you know, the alcohol to go was also added back in this budget, and, and this might seem like an odd question, and I don't mean to upset any of our listeners, but it, it seems like it's very protecting of liquor stores in New York. And George, you know, as someone who travels a lot, goes around, you go to a lot of states that, you know, liquor can be sold in any convenience store, any grocery store. Why is the state so protecting of liquor stores? You know, uh, <laughs> this is going to come as a real shock to you, Joe, so, so hold on. You know, they have a real good lobby in, in, in Albany. You know, they pay, they pay a lot of money for good lobbyists, and, uh, uh, you know, there's some... some uh, uh, you know, these aren't mom and pop liquor stores that we're talking about. These are the big ones. These are the wine worlds. These are the premier liquors. These are the big ones. They, they, um, um, they have a, a lot of power through political donations, through hiring great lobbyists, and uh, you know, they that that is impactful in Albany. Were you surprised that with the lobby that anything um, that the alcohol to go from restaurants was even passed the way it was? Well, you know, the, the three years. What I think the leaders in the in the in the in the legislature, the assembly, and the Senate did was they said, "Look, we're gonna we're gonna um, you know we're gonna uh, uh, cut this issue in half. We're gonna do it for we're gonna try it. We have a trial period of three years. Let's see how it works." And uh, you know, it sort of satisfied everybody. We're not doing it permanently. I don't know, satisfied everybody, but uh, we're not doing it permanently. But we're gonna do it for three years to try it out. So uh, they think that they cut the cut the baby in half, I guess. Another thing, George, and this is something that we've had you in studio talking about, something I want to get you back in studio talking even more about, um, but, you know, redistricting, we've seen it in, pro- in the process, we've seen certain seats, what they're, how they're going to be affected, this and that, and, and now we hear, um, you know, now we have a battle going on with redistricting, um, breaking, you know, that took part this week. What does that mean? What does this hold up with redistricting? How is this going to affect the election? 
But, you know, Joe, one thing, the last time you and I were on the air, we talked about this, and I, and I, and I think I pointed out at the time that Western New York was going to be a big loser in this, and, and, we, and we are. We lost a Senate district. You know, Ed Rath's district is, is, is going to be gone. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to happen. The Democrats are in total control, both houses, you know, Democratic governors, so they're going to get what they want, and it's not going to be good for upstate New York. It's not going to be good for Western New York. Look at Chris Jacobs' uh, congressional district. I mean, it stretches from Watertown you know, kind of does a uh, does a, a, a right turn at at, uh, at Syracuse and comes all the way to Niagara Falls. I mean, that that's crazy. So this this hold up, um, this back and forth, uh, this will really result in nothing. We're going to get the districts the way they were drawn up. The districts you got, you got the districts that are drawn up now. You know, eventually, this is going to go to the Court of Appeals, and I know that you know it's great to sit back and think that all judges are are non political and they're and they're uh, totally oblivious to everything that goes on. Look, the Court of Appeals in the state of New York, there's, there's seven judges. All seven of them were appointed by, by a Democratic governor. Um, they're going to approve these lines, unfortunately. So n- no matter what, in November, we'll be voting for the districts that you and I talked about a month ago. You will be. Yes, you will be. That, now, we also saw something else you and I have talked about. Uh, governor Cuomo, he missed the... Um, the, the chance to run on the Democrat ticket. You know Governor Cuomo. Do you think he will still try some kind of campaign, or will he just go campaigning with people? He, you know, he bought all that ad time. He, he's been giving speeches. I know it's, it's tough to ask you to read his mind, but what do you think is Governor, former Governor Cuomo's plan here? I don't think, I don't think he runs as an independent. I, I you know, I, I really don't know, but I, I don't think he wants his independent because, you know what, as an independent, he doesn't win. And I think he wants to, you know, nobody wants to get into one of these things and lose. Um, you know, although it's, it's a lot easier today, we've seen it, you know, with, with Mayor Brown, you know, winning on a, on, a, on a write-in ballot. I mean, it's possible. You know, today with a paper ballot, you're not going into that machine anymore, you know, and pulling those levers. You don't have to, have to you know, write-in is not very hard today. Um, but I, so, you know, if you're on the ballot as an independent, it's even easier. But I just don't see the governor doing that. I think he's going to sit back by this time. He's definitely coming back. He's definitely going to make a comeback. I mean, he feels he was wrong. And uh, I know him enough to know that uh, he is going to come. He's got some enemies out there, both real and perceived. And, and he's going he's gonna to settle some scores. Last week we had um, Libertarian Party candidate Larry Sharp on, uh, and you know he, he threw out some what I thought some, were some good ideas that you don't really hear about in Albany. And again, as someone who you know Albany almost better than anyone, uh, he was talking about the idea of in cities like New York, Buffalo, Rochester to sell sponsorships to bridges and roads to help balance the budget without um, raising taxes. What's the reality of something like that happening in New York State? You know, that's been discussed in the past. Uh, you know, I, I don't, again, you know, the, the legislature now is totally dominated by downstate. Uh, I'll tell you, there was, there's always been a proposal to put uh, advertising on school buses. You know, school buses are ubiquitous. They're everywhere, you know, from September through June. Uh, and, and, you know, use that money to pay for, you know, school districts for sports programs and extracurricular programs, things like that. You know, the, the leadership in the Democratic Party never seemed to buy into any of that stuff. They think that, you know, roads and bridges are tax-funded, should be tax-funded, you know, selling sponsorships. Uh, I don't know. And then, and then you get into the whole thing of, well, well maybe what's, what's an inappropriate sponsorship? You know, what, 
what should not go on the bridge. Then you get into that whole question. And then, you know, you get into uh, big corporations like uh, Amazon and things like that. Although the private sector, the NFL, makes a lot of money on naming rights. So I never thought it was a bad idea myself, but I, I don't... I just don't see it going through. Yeah, that that st- that new uh, state-owned stadium is going to have a a private business name on it. You can bet. You can bet on it. You know, it's it just it's for me. I've always because right now we are so divided. You know, and I talk a lot about the political divide in America and in in New York State. It, it to me, it's surprising that a candidate like a Larry Sharp with you know ideas that don't seem that out there uh, doesn't get as much doesn't get any more traction in New York. What do you think? You know, 10, 20 years from now, what do you think the prospect of a third a, 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 a real third party that can compete with the main two ever happening in uh, in this country? You know, I uh, Joe, I I never would have said this before the change in voting away from machines to paper ballots. Now I think it's very easy because people, you know, in the old days with the, with the voter machine, you'd go in there, you'd pull that lever, the curtain would go out behind you, you know, you'd look at those levers. All you wanted to do was get out of that machine. You know, you, I'm going to vote and get, get on my way. Now you get a paper ballot, you go in this, in this little, you know, cubicle, and you can, sit, you can stay there for two hours if you want to and look at that, at that ballot and study it. And, uh, you know, there's no line of people behind you. Well, I think it's very possible today with the voting changes that we've done that uh, that a, a, a third party candidate. Look, at uh, again, I'm going to refer back to Mayor Brown just last year with the writing ballot. I mean, that never would have happened with the old lever voting machines, you know, because you had to you had to get it in the right slot. You had to lift it with your left hand. If you're right with your right hand, you know, it was just too difficult to do. It never would have happened. Um I think I think a, a third party is very viable. Now the problem that people like Larry have, and he's a great great guy by the way, with good ideas. You know, is it takes a, a, the reality is you have to have, you know, you have to have the financial resources to to run a good campaign. You know, in the state of New York, run a decent campaign. I mean, look, Governor Hochul's out there raising money every day, every day. I can assure you, and so is Lee Zeldin and. And Rob Astorino and and everybody else that's running for governor, uh, 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 Tom Swasey, you know, because, you know, they're going to have to get on television. They're going to have to get on the radio. They're going to have to, you know, do oversized mailers to everybody, you know, and takes money. And, you know, that's where the third party really has a tough time. I wanted to ask you one more question about the budget, and I'm sorry to ask this out of order. I meant to, to ask this earlier in the interview, but, you know, the gas tax, the suspension of the gas tax. Now, the Times Union in Albany broke down the gas tax where only 19% of the gas tax is actually going to infrastructure. From what you know, is that a true statement? It is. It is. It's actually very little that goes that goes to uh, infrastructure resources. And, and, you know, when you say lower the gas tax, which is a great thing to do, lower the gas tax, but I, don't, I think people automatically think that that is going to result in the price of the pump going down. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that that's true. You know, there's a lot of middle people in there. You know, there's the, the retailers, there's the wholesalers, uh, you know, um, do you think be, uh, suspending the, the the tolls on the throughway would have been a better one? Because that's something that you know that is you know that's something that's not going to fluctuate. Hey, that's free for maybe the summer for people that are you know really having pain at the pump. I I think it would have been a much better idea. And and you're right. That's something you can see 
that's something that that you know you can you can you can feel that you know you lowering the gas tax is that you know again unless there's some guarantee that it's going to lower the price of the pump i mean what 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 how useful is that to the average everyday driver Exactly. Hey, former state senator George Maziar, it's always great to talk with you. we got to get you back in here for another hour uh, very soon, okay? Anytime, Joe. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. That is former state senator George Maziar is breaking down not only the budget, but the upcoming election, the redistricting, uh, and, and that gas tax question, because, you know, I, I saw that in the Times Union a few weeks ago. I think we talked about it when I was filling in on the afternoon show. Um, I, I think it, it opened people's eyes, because the number one thing against uh, suspending the gas tax was, oh, what, what about infrastructure? What about roads and bridges? Well, if only 19% of the tax is going, you could at least cut 80% of it, right? Well, that will do for Hardline this Sunday, April 10th. We are off next week for Easter. We'll see you in two weeks. I'll be back tomorrow, 9 o'clock, BMAS and Beamer. Tom Bowerly is back, 2 to 6. You won't want to miss WBEN's A-plus lineup back in full effect tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. here on News Radio 930 WBEN. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.